Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thanks for joining me again. I'd like to start out this evening by letting everyone know that episode two, Campfire Story, the next day has been completed. It's about half as long as the first and took about half as much time to produce. The links will be provided in the transcript. However, tonight's topic, I would like to discuss the energy that we spend on securing energy or making energy. And when I say making energy, that could be making money. Well, not could be. That's what it is. It's making money versus the amount realized. So when thinking about making money, how much of your time and effort goes into making money? Because really, you just take that money and convert it back into things you want or need or to take care of an emergency or buy a gift for someone. It, it doesn't matter what you spend the money on. You're not working for the money. You're working for what you're going to do with the money. And I know that's an old cliched, almost nobody wants to hear statement. However, it's still true. And that is, how much energy did it take you to make that money? How much money are you trying to make? How long will it take you to make the money you think you need or that you do need? Are you going to have to resort to a loan? Because taking out a loan is not working for the money. That is almost counterintuitive to working for the money because now you're working to pay off the interest on top of the principle of the amount of money that you need. And this is not about finance. However, the idea or notion I would like to discuss is when you factor in And this is where most people don't, and they don't factor in the total overall costs. Here we are experiencing quite a cold snap in the United States. And a couple of years ago, I was able to obtain a wood-burning stove, and it does supplement our heat. It does supplement our heat fairly well in the areas that can be heated with the stove. I don't know how many people have ever went out to cut wood or split wood or bring wood in to burn, but all of that requires energy, not to mention the energy that went into growing the tree. Then you've got to deal with the ashes and getting that out. So the notion of moving energy around is something we're all used to, whether we think about it or not, in that term or in those terms. There's other areas of energy that gets depleted in our daily lives that we may not even think about. So you've got the physical energy of actually getting out of bed, going to work, or getting out of bed and cutting some wood, or getting out of bed and doing anything. It all relates back to energy. And did you eat? What did you eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Have you eaten at all? Do you eat just enough to get by? What is it that you're consuming to claim that you did eat something? Is it going to be beneficial to your overall health? Is it going to be a negative influence on your health? The negative influence may not be 
realized until much later when your body suffers. If you just constantly ate little Debbie cakes, then you're not going to live a very healthy life. And most likely you will suffer the consequences again later. And you may think, oh, I'm saving X amount of dollars because I didn't stop at the fast food place. I just grabbed this little snack while I was getting gas because I'm headed to work. Well, you're going to pay for it somewhere. I have thought and stated for some time now, the people that claim, oh, to eat healthy is too expensive. Well, if you eat unhealthy because you think it's too expensive to eat healthy, you'll pay for it later. And I think it's easier to pay what it takes now versus paying later in the form of hospital bills, doctor bills, pharmaceuticals, how you are able to function in the world. Living a life in misery, and not misery from oppression and hard times, but living with ailment, living with sickness and disease is not a healthy way to live. Constantly going back and forth to the doctor, constantly at the pharmaceutical, you know, and then you're the time you're waiting in line, the time you're waiting in the waiting room. Nobody pays you for that. You're not being paid. Well, I do remember someone saying that they offered a plan where they would pay you to to go to the doctor. And I thought that was just a ridiculous notion. I I wouldn't want to take that money. And so then let's say you you make it to work, whatever you ate, that's on you. And you get to work and whatever you make an hour, or maybe you make a salary, maybe you've got a cush job and you don't have to do a lot. Maybe you don't have that cush job and you have to do quite the efforts to obtain that money. Then you have the other dynamics that come into the energy. Is it a friendly? Is it a hostile work environment? My brother recently stopped working at a location where I believe the environment was quite hostile, not necessarily to him in a direct sense, but in and of itself, it was not the most easy to work at locations. And so the energy drain on him mentally, in in addition to being physically, would be more than most people. And when I say most people, even hard, rugged guys would probably not have tolerated what he did for as long as he did. I'm sure the money he made was okay or decent or fine or maybe it was substantial. I don't know what he made. The point is that extra drain on him in the form of energy depleted his energy over time. In, In addition to just your general work area, you may have co-workers that you get along with really well and they can be a bonus or an addition or maybe you could think of them as a reservoir of energy but the flip side is are there co-workers that are the opposite of that do they themselves drain on your energy reserves do they create a environment where the hostility exists or maybe it's a constant nagging almost or an inability for people to function even in the slightest sense on their own and you're constantly having to help them. 
I remember a occupation I had as a welder many years ago. And this place would not have stood up to OSHA standards from, say, the 90s level of OSHA quality. I don't know where OSHA stands these days. I don't know if OSHA's woke. I don't know if OSHA is looking to hire people just because they need to meet quotas. And I know OSHA should be based on standards, but we see what they're doing in the aviation industry and we see what they're doing all over the place. So I don't know where OSHA stands today. I just know when I worked at this facility, I guarantee if OSHA had came in there, they would have shut the place down. Well, I worked there and it was an okay environment. It was just not concerned about employee safety at all. And as I welded my little dock bumpers, because that's what we made, we took old tires, stripped the sidewalls off, and got the part that would be the tread that touches the road. And that got cut to where it was a piece instead of a circle. And then bins would be filled up with these rubber pieces. And a guy would come along and he would grab a basket full of rubber pieces and he would take them over to this huge punch. And the punch would punch out this shape that was rounded corner, probably six inches in width and four inches in height. And it had three holes in the center. And that's all he did was he punched out rubber pieces that fit that criterion. Then I would come along and I would go to the bin with these punched pieces. I'd fill up my basket with that. I would go to another guy who had been cutting rebar. It wasn't really rebar. It was more like rod. And so I would grab the pre-cut rods. And then I would go to the other guy and grab the pre-cut angle on. It already had the holes drilled in it. My task was to squeeze as many of those rubber pads between two pieces of angle iron with the rods between them. And once I squeezed as many as I could on that press, I would weld the last piece of angle iron to the three rods in the center, and I would release the pressure, and I had made a dock bump. And those dock bumpers were put in a bin and they were sold to facilities that were building distribution centers. And so the 18-wheelers would back into the distribution center warehouse. And instead of bumping into the warehouse, they would bump into these dock bumpers. Now, they had people there that they didn't know how to weld. And when they released the pressure... It was holding all of those rubber pieces together in a squeezed, squeezed fashion. And that weld would break. Rubber and metal would go flying everywhere. So if you didn't have any protection, you could get smacked in the head or in the eye. I'm not saying that you didn't have protection when you were welding. I'm just saying if you didn't know how to weld, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. But there were people that were being injured all the time. I went to work every day like a good employee does. I developed a anxiety because I hated this job so much. I couldn't stand it. There was nothing about this job other than it was a job and it was where I was earning my money to pay pay for my bills. Recently been married maybe mm, two years, something like that. And 
every afternoon I would drive home and I would have this knot in my stomach because all I could think about was going to bed and having to wake up and go to work the next day. It was just miserable. It drained me. And so the work area itself was a negative or a depleting factor in my reservoir of overall energy. I could have eaten the perfect salad every day and the perfect sandwich. I could have had the perfect diet, the perfect liquid hydration. I could have, everything could have been perfect for me as far as health diet goes, but my overall energy was in the tank because of where I worked and how it was depleting me. And so this went on for a minute and anytime I wasn't working, I was looking for other lines of work. Now, again, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but if you don't, I'll describe it. And that is when you weld, you typically wear leather boots, jeans, and a leather apron. Because when you're welding, there is a byproduct of welding called slag or splatter whatever you want to call it. And it's where the metal is just bouncing around because it's dripping and it's liquidy. And this was a, uh, a MIG welder, so I wasn't using rods to, to weld with. It was kind of self-contained, but it still made a mess. It was not a clean job whatsoever. And so one morning I went to go to work with the knot in my stomach and I went to pull my shoes on, and when I went to pull my shoestrings, the metal splatter had splattered enough onto my boots that one of the shoestrings had been damaged, and eventually it failed. And when I pulled snug on the shoestrings, one of the shoestrings pulled away from the boot. And I looked down and I saw it as a sign saying, don't go to work any longer at this place. And I quit. So the day I quit, it was the most feel-good feeling you could imagine. I was freed from that oppressive energy that was depleting my overall energy. And when I went to collect my check, the one guy that I got along with, he was concerned about me because I hadn't been to work there in a couple of days. And I told him that, you know, what had happened and he'd smiled because I don't think he wanted to be there too much longer either. He was an older guy. But the interesting thing was within a week or two after I quit, and I think it was more like a week, the entire place burned to the ground. Again, the facilities would not have passed any idea of OSHA standards and the fact that it lasted as long as it did is remarkable. But the whole point I'm bringing any of that up is what it did to me physically, mentally, psychologically, it drained me. So was it worth me spending my energy to go there to make energy or money in the in the grand scheme? I can say no, it was not worth it. It was so far from worth it that I would discourage anybody from <laughs> ever working there. And we don't have to now because it's, it's not even around. But that's the point I'm getting to is, does what you do not just bring you joy, but 
does it deplete you or does it add to you? Now, you can work in an environment where the people are just over-the-top kind, and that in and of itself can be a bonus as long as you're making the money that you need to make. I don't know anybody that can pay their bills with kindness, and so you've got to make the amount of money you need just to take care of your obligations. And then that comes back on you as a responsibility part And that is to not live beyond what you can take care of. And if you do live beyond what you take care of and you think you can get by with loans and credit cards, well, that's another topic for another type of podcast, which this is not. So in thinking about the energy, we can always look back at ourselves and say, do we contribute to the overall good, positive energy of our workplace, or are we ourselves a negative impact on the workplace? That means you got to look in the mirror. That means you got to look at yourself. That means you got to consider, do I complain all the time? Do I ask questions that I should already know the answers to all the time? Do I go above and beyond? Or do I do just enough to get by? Do I do just enough to not get yelled at? I work with people now that fit both of those criteria. They, there, there are some that I work with that are constantly seeking to help and not in a on your nerves kind of way, but in a way that generally they want to help. Then there are those that I don't know what they would do if they didn't have their phone in their hand, other than maybe be staring at the wall. And if they were looking up a solution to solve a problem, that would be one thing, but most likely they are scrolling. And there's a time and place for that if that's something that you enjoy doing. Or there are those that it's all about sports. And if that's what you're into, then that explains a lot. But it doesn't necessarily translate into the overall beneficial work quality. And then you've got those that may drain you emotional. They may psychologically prey on your kindness, your helpfulness, and then they may turn around and throw you under the bus or blame you for something or who knows what. And I'm not wanting to sit here and make up situations to illustrate the point. I think you know what I'm talking about. So you want to not be around emotional drains, physical drains that are unnecessary, and definitely not spiritual drains. And you may say, well, what are you talking about spiritual at work? Well, that's a good question. There are those that may say, oh, well, we keep spirituality away from our work environment. Okay, that's if that's the policy, then so be it. Do they celebrate birthdays? Do they celebrate holidays? Are there get well cards? Because unless it's a static environment of only work, then there is a level of spiritual at work. And you need to consider whether that spiritual aspect is conducive to uplifting you or tearing you down. So I just want you to think about the energy that goes into your energy because you've got to consider your sleep at night. Do you get a good night's sleep? Do you 
have to have a cocktail before you can rest? Do you have to take a supplement before you can zone off to sleep? Is your pillow comfortable? Are you warm? Are you hungry? Because again, that goes back to your overall energy level. And then you've got what occupies your time in between one. And if you're oriented around sports, well, there goes a large portion of your time, effort, and energy right there. I know some people that have, let's just say they've taken quite the advantage of sports betting because they can install the app on their phone. I'm not going to say whether they've had good payouts or not. I don't know. All I can say is the relative ease with which they can place those bets can have a direct negative impact on their finances. If you enjoy a a movie, I couldn't tell you a good movie to watch because they're also filled with agendas and propaganda and such garbage these days. Recently, I was not feeling well and I was thinking, oh, I would love to watch some type of comedy. And in the past, my wife and I, we've actually attempted to watch comedy that we grew up watching, even movies that are 10, 12, 15 years old are filled with the worst stuff. Now, back then it was tame, but now that I have eyes to see and ears to hear, I can see straight through what the writers put into the movie. I heard a guy just the other day say he heard and he couldn't confirm where he heard it. So this could be speculation. It could be hearsay. I don't know. But the idea was that Disney had paid somebody to go back into all of their movies and put in chemtrails or contrails to give the illusion that our skies have always looked like they do. Maybe we'll do a topic on chemtrails and the energy that goes into that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But the point is, I couldn't think of anything to watch the other day that would have been wholesome enough to not cause me to analyze the comedy. Because what I was wanting to do was just to laugh. I wanted to just laugh at someone else, not at their plight or their condition, but maybe their humor. What you do when you're not working has a direct relationship to how your energy is as well. Do you spend your time with family and friends? Do you get along with those family and friends? I worked with a girl that she recently had to move out of her home because it was not conducive for her to live there because the environment was toxic toward her. It was just eating her away. It was eating at her. And so she left that environment and moved back to wherever she used to live. I don't work with anymore. And so hopefully she's doing great. But the point is, if you stay in a bad situation, expecting it to get better, then you have other issues. Because if you can't figure out that you're in the middle of the problem, get out of the problem or get away from the problem or get the problem away from you, you need help. Now, there are those who say, oh, I have this problem, that problem, or the other. Maybe I just need to move. But some problems are everywhere you go. 
It's because the problem wasn't external, the problem was internal. And that's a whole other topic that we can talk about another time. Because if you think you can run away from your problems and the problems are inside you, then you just move those problems right on with you. They ride down the road wherever you go. They walk with you if you walk. They're on the bike if you're on a bicycle. On the bus, the train, the airplane, it doesn't matter. The problem, if you have it inside you, it's going to stay with you. It's going to manifest wherever you go until you address it on the inside. And then we have our habits. Do the habits bring health? Do they bring life? Do they bring joy? Or do they negatively affect you? I know when I had the habit of drinking a lot, so your habits, they can be somewhat expensive. If you can overcome those habits, it's as if you've given yourself a raise. And that's an easy way to help put more money in your pocket. I've always said that people without jobs and they still have vices that they cling to, it just amazes me that they'll do whatever it takes to spend that bit of money on that vice instead of seeking to overcome that vice and remove that source of money drain, life drain, energy drain, quality of health drain from them. But then you have the people that they do make enough money to continue their habit or vice, even though they know better, even though they know they shouldn't, they do, even though they know and can see that it is negatively affecting their health, they continue to do it anyway, instead of reminding people all the time about, well, you should quit, or you should this, you just leave them alone and hope that the Holy Spirit will deal with them, and maybe the Holy Spirit is dealing with them. Well, thank you so much for listening to me again. Please do check out the links provided in the transcript for Campfire Story the next day. It is on Rumble, BitChute, Brighteon, RoxyTube, and Odyssey. So Odyssey, at the end of the transcript, there'll be links to all of those locations. And hopefully I'll have another recording much sooner than much time it took between the last one and this one. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. You have a great night.